0: Acts, chapter number twenty-eight. Acts, chapter number twenty-eight. That's where I feel led to go this morning, where the Lord has dealt with my heart about. And uh, matter of fact, in the Sunday school hour, was made mention uh, of what I'm going to preach on this morning. And uh, the Lord just always knows how to work it all out. And uh, so you pray for me this morning that the Lord help me. And I appreciate the prayers for yesterday and. And uh, the help of the Lord that I felt in the in the service and uh, doing my part. And I appreciate the Lord being faithful. Uh, I'm not faithful, and uh, neither are you, uh, all the time. But I, there's one thing I can tell you about the Lord, and that He's always faithful. And He's got a good track record. He never has failed me. And uh, He's not failed you either, and He's not going to. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. This morning. Acts 28, when you found your place, if you're physically able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Acts 28, I want to read the first six verses this morning, and then try our best by the help of the Lord to give you what's on my heart for the service today. Acts 28, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And when they were escaped, that is... Paul and the sailors from the sea and from the storm, when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat fastened on his hand. When the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. He shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I'm interested this morning if the Lord would help me for just a few minutes and you'd pray for me. Out of verse number 6, I want to preach on they changed their minds. Now, the Bible records about this barbarous people that have received the Apostle Paul and all the sailors and the prisoners that were on board with him in the storm. We know and are very familiar with the account and the record in the Word of God in Acts 27 about this Euroclodon storm that the Apostle Paul and all on board had encountered and how that God had given Paul a word in the storm that everything was going to be alright and that he had given all the sailors and all their lives and then the Bible uh, records for us in verse number 44 uh, at the end of the verse. And so it came to pass that they escaped all save to land. We are told in Acts 27 that they in verse 27 deemed about midnight that they drew near to some country. And so this country here in Acts 27 is recorded for us again in Acts 28 and they have figured out where they are and what the island was that they have landed on. You'll remember in Acts 27 they didn't know where they were. The Bible said that They had went for days. They hadn't seen the sun, the moon, or the stars in many days. And so they had no means of navigation. They just knew that they were driven up and down the coast of Adria. They were somewhere in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, but really not sure where they were. But they come and find out that they have figured out now where they are, what the island is, and it is a place that is inhabited by barbarous people is what the Bible tells us. That is people who are not civilized. That is people that don't know anything about the God of Israel or the God of the Bible. They are a heathen people. But the Bible tells us that they kindled a fire for the apostle Paul and the sailors because of the rain and because of the cold. And so the record goes on that Paul, uh, doing his part, gathers a bundle of sticks uh, and puts it on the fire uh, and there comes a viper out of it. and fastens on the hand of the man of God. The, the people, the barbarous people, these people with no understanding about God, look at this and it speaks to them and says, Well, this man must have really done something bad. He must be a murderer, for even though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance, or what we would call fate, that's what they were saying is not suffering him to live. In other words, they're saying fate's going to get him one way or the other because of what he apparently has done. But the Bible said that Paul shook the beast off into the fire and he felt no hurt. And this people began to watch him and when nothing happens to the Apostle Paul, the Bible said that they changed their minds and now they went from saying he's a murderer to now they're saying he is a God that's a big change I began to think, and I don't know uh, that I've ever preached on this before. I've preached in this scripture many times over the years. Most of the time when I preach on Acts 28, I've preached about the fire and the need for the fire. But God got to dealing with my heart about this fact that they changed their minds. And I began to look at the Scripture and the Spirit of God began to speak to my heart. It's interesting to me as the Lord dealt with me that there are certain conditions here that are recorded for us to understand what was happening when they changed their minds. And I believe in this day the same things that were going on, the same conditions that they were experiencing when they changed their minds are the same conditions that you and I and the people of God are experiencing in our day. And it's led a lot of people to change their minds. And I'm not talking in a positive way either about the change of mind that many people have had. I don't know why particularly that the Lord wants me to preach this this morning, but I do know this is what He wants me to deal with. And so I'm going to try my best just to follow Him. If you'll pray for me this morning, I want you to notice three things that are recorded. That's how the Lord dealt with my heart about it concerning the conditions that was happening that were going on when these people changed their minds. First of all, I see in verse number 2, the Lord spoke to my heart. It was a very gloomy time. The Bible said it was present rain. There was rain going on and it was cold. And so it was a gloomy time. I think looking around in this world today, you and I would both agree that we're living in a very gloomy day here among the people of God. It was mentioned this morning in the Sunday school hour. I pondered over it over the last... day or so about the signs and the times that are all around us seemingly falling away that's taking place and the seemingly lack of concern and all the situations and all of the circumstances that are going on in our day to day and I can say and you would say that it's a gloomy time among the people of God and if we're not careful we get our eyes on everything that's going on we'll be distracted by all the gloom and all the doom and if we're not careful it will change our mind about some things and so it was a gloomy time but then the Lord spoke to my heart about as Paul was gathering the sticks the Bible said Paul gathered a bundle of sticks. And then it tells us, as he was gathering these sticks, that a serpent, a viper, came out of the heat and put fashioned on the hand of Paul. And you say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that looks to me like that Paul's doing everything he should be doing, and yet he got bit anyway. And I'm going to tell you, as the people of God, if we're not careful, we get to looking around and saying, Lord, I'm doing everything I know to do, everything I should be doing, everything that's required of me, and still yet we're getting bit, and we're getting downtrodden, and we're getting stepped on and overlooked, and if we're not careful of the doom and the gloom, and the work that we're doing and gathering our sticks, will cause us to change our minds about some things yeah but then the Bible said after uh, Paul gathers his sticks, after uh, we're introduced to the gloominess of the day uh, the Bible said that these men uh, as Paul is bitten and has uh, shook off the serpent into the fire and by the way what we're going to have to do Paul could have walked around with the snake hanging on his hand saying woe is me and look at me look what's happened to me but Paul chose rather to shake it off in the fire and just go on about his business and let God take care of the rest I'm afraid in these days that many of the people of God we get bit and we can't help what everybody else does. I can't change what everybody else is doing. I wish I could. Sometimes I wish I could change everything that's going on but I can't. And there are times we're going to get bit. There are times we're going to get hurt. There are times we're going to get offended. But I'm going to tell you to shake it all into the fire and let God handle the business and go on for the glory of God. But now the Bible said Paul has shook the beast, that serpent, that viper off in the heat. And now they are watching him. And I would never seen this before. The Lord just got to really stir it in my heart this morning about the groom and the gathering of sticks. And the Lord said, look down here in verse number 5. And he got to verse number 6. And it said, after they had looked a great while. He didn't say a little while. I don't know how long a great while is, but I know the phrase is in the Bible, a little while, and great is much more than little, so it leads me to believe that there's been a lot of time that's passed, and really what the Scripture is saying is they're expecting a result, uh, they're expecting an outcome, uh, they're expecting something to happen in a certain period of time, and when it doesn't happen, they change their mind. Boy, if that don't sound like today's church, I don't know what does. We're walking around. And I understand the coming of the Lord's night. I don't know when it's coming. Could be any minute, I believe. I mean, I know we're in the last days, but we are living in a generation of people that we're expecting it to happen right now. And when certain things don't happen in the span of time, we expect them to happen in. If we're not careful, it'll cause us to change our mind. Oh, yeah, it's happening all around us. All around us. You say, well, what are folks? And that's where then the Lord began to deal with my heart about what folks are changing their minds about. Well, here in the scripture, they're changing their mind about the preacher. And we're seeing that today that folks have changed their mind about what the preacher is, what the preacher's supposed to be, what he's supposed to do. It's changing all around us. I want to tell you, the preacher's not an entertainer. The preacher's not a comedian. The preacher is not a feel-good person. The preacher's not to be a jokester. The preacher's not to come in and try to tell you everything you want to hear and everything that makes you feel good and smooth over all the bumps and all the bruises. I know there's compassion. I know there's to be help for the believer. But the preacher's the man of God. He's to preach the Word of God as it is to men, women, boys, and girls as they are and let the chips fall where they may and let God But we've entered into a generation where Because of the gloom of our day Because people have got offended Because people have got hurt And it's never changed It was the same as it was years ago Jesus stood and he preached And they all got offended at him And they walked away But he didn't change his message He didn't go running after them He didn't try to make it all better He just preached what was right And let God do the rest And that's our job as the preacher. Now I'm not saying there's not to be care and compassion. I understand that the pastor's responsibility goes a little bit farther than just preaching. But the main business of the church, the main business of the pastor, the main business of the preacher is to preach the word of God. But We've come to a day where they think that they need to have an entertainer in the pulpit. And they want to take the pulpit away. And they want to put up stages and light shows and smoke machines. And they want to change their music. And they want to change the message. And they want to change their method. And I'm going to tell you why it's because somewhere along the line they changed their mind about what the preacher was. That's what they did. Paul was the man of God. And they changed their mind. Based on these things I've said to you, based on these things recorded in the Scripture, they changed their minds about the preacher. And in this day, in reality, we could say that they had a positive change, but really what they did is they made the preacher out to be something he was not. And that's the same thing that's going on today. People are making the preacher out to be something He's not it's not I don't know why I'm hung up on this I thought I'd hit this real quick and then go oh uh, but maybe it's for our warning uh, maybe it's for our consolation uh, maybe it's for our exhortation uh, that this is not a social club uh, this is not an entertainment joint uh, this is not a game playing place uh, this is the house of God that's to held the message of God and it's the preacher's responsibility to preach the word of God there's too much it's stake. To play games. If we are in the last days, and I believe we are, if the gloominess of the days have settled in upon the church, and I believe it is, if we want to take the typology and run it in Acts 27, it's the last storm recorded in the Word of God. It's a type of the church, which leads me to believe the church is going to be in the storm till we get out of here. And so it's going to take a toll upon the people of God. And that's why the preacher needs to preach the Word of God. For exhortation, that's what Paul charged Timothy. He said, "Reprove and rebuke." Those things are wonderful, and they have to be done. But Paul said, "And exhort with all long suffering and doctrine." Right. And so, let's keep the preacher as the preacher. Let's keep the preaching as the preaching. It's not a time to tell jokes. And I like to have fun with the best of you. And when we get outside the doors, we're alive and joke and go on and have clean fun. But what goes on behind this desk is holy things, eternal things, powerful things. It's time for preaching and not entertainment in this day. We don't need... And I'm trying to get past this and go on, but I can't. We don't need breakout groups. We don't need... Games and gimmicks. I'm all for fellowship. I like when we have dinners. I like when we get together. But we're not substituting the preaching the word of God for that. But that's what's going on in our day. Less and less preaching. I give more and more games, more and more gimmicks, more and more entertainment, more and more breakout groups, more and more of this, more and more of that. I say we need the preaching of the word of God more than we've ever needed before. We need the preaching of the Word of God. So let's not change our mind about the preacher. And then I'll say, let's not change our mind and it's already been covered in Sunday school and God was just setting everything up. Let's not change our mind about the power of God in these days. I mean, that's what's happening. Because now I understand that I'm leaving the text somewhat, but I'm really not. I'm just preaching what God put on my heart. There's a lot of things I could preach about that folks have changed their minds about, but these are the things that God put on my heart because of the gloom, because of the doom, because we've been offended, because we've been hurt, because things ain't going like we think they ought to go. We've changed our mind in these days about the power of God and His ability to help us i tell you what we've done as the church and these days we've put God in the box. And we've said that the circumstances and the situations of our life fit in this box, and then God has the power to help. But if they don't fit in the box, then it's just these days we have swallowed the line, and swallowed the hook, hook, line, and sinker, and we've been sold a lie that it has to be like it is because it's the last days that we can't have power, that we can't have revival, that God can't save, or that God can't work, or that God can't move, and you say what's happened preacher, folks have changed their minds about the power of God, yeah. now you're going to listen to me this morning and hear me not ever say or that God's changed, I'm not preaching, or that God's changed, I'm preaching that folks have changed, people have changed, God is still the same. We've changed our mind about the power of God. If God could do what He did in days gone by, God can do anything we need Him to in these days. The same God that was God for Abraham is the same God that's God for you and I today. And He's not limited. And He's not hindered because it's the last days. It doesn't just have to be this way. We don't, the church does not have to steadily decline until we fall off the cliff somewhere. The church doesn't have to become anemic and weak. We don't serve an anemic and a weak God. And He doesn't want an anemic and a weak church. He said, I'll build my church on the rock. And He said, even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But we've changed our mind about the power of God. I want to say we changed. I've got two more things on my heart and I'll be done. we changed our mind about the path of salvation. Yeah. In these last days we have changed our mind about the path of salvation. And I know that it's not so much in a plan or in a path, it's in a person. And His name's Jesus Christ but you understand there's a right way. Jesus said there's two ways there's a narrow way and a broad way. Many are going in the broad way. The the gate's wide. The way's broad. And it leads to destruction. It's that way that that paves everything easy. It's that way that never deals with any negativity. It's that way that says just come. Any old way stay. Any old way be whatever you want to be. Believe in something. As long as you believe in something it'll be okay. As long as you do something close to the gospel it'll be okay. That's the broad way. We've changed our mind in this day about the way to be born again but Jesus said you must be born again he said except a man be born again he cannot inherit the kingdom of God it's not about what you can do it's not about what I can do it's not about what the church can do it's not about membership it's not about baptism it's not about keeping the commandments it's not about seeing how close you can get it's not about do's and don'ts it's about being born again and the old writer wrote the song, ain't but one way to the gate. And that's right. Jesus said, there is a broad way. Broad's the gate, wide's the way that leads to destruction. Many there be, let's go in there. But he said, there's a narrow way. And there's the gate, straight is the way. And it leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. But thank God there is a few along the journey that get born again. And see, we can't change our mind I'm going to tell you, it's like a trickle-down effect. We changed our mind about what the preacher was supposed to be, and then we changed our mind about the power of God, and that's caused us to change our mind about the path of salvation, because if we don't have any preaching, the Bible said it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching, and to save them that believe. He said to the world, them that perish its foolishness, but unto us which are saved, we know the preaching of the cross, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And so we changed our mind about preaching. So that's caused us to change our mind about the power of God because if there's no preaching and there's no power, then we, we just have to have entertainment and games and gimmicks to draw the crowd. Well, if there's no preaching and there's no power, then there's no conversion. There'll be no salvation. And so if we change our mind about the preaching and we change our mind about the power, then in order to tell folks we still got people coming in, we got to change our mind about how to be saved. It is right. And we're seeing it today. It's happening all around us. Up and down the road. Not far from here. I'm not, I'm not glorifying us. I'm not belittling them. I'm just telling you about the day we're in. The gloom and doom is set on. People have got offended. People, Jesus said you'd be offended. And many would go away. He said, will you also go away? We can compromise. I mean, we can talk about Peter and be bad, bad on him and mad at him all the world to. But Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to get what we can get with you? I would to God the church would look around again and have the realization, where else can we go? What else can we do? If not but preach and have the power of God and the right way to heaven. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then I'll say, and I'm done this morning, folks are changing their mind about the purpose of the church, about what the church is supposed to be what the church is supposed to do. And I already kind of covered that, I guess, in the preaching. But we've not come this morning for a social club. We've not come this morning to see a be seen. I understand there's an element of fellowship. Thank God for it. There's, It brings joy to my heart to come in and see you here and to be together in the house of God. I believe that's natural. I believe that has to do with the love of the brethren. And the Lord said... In His Word, in the book of First John, we know we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. If you don't love the people of God, it's an evident fact something's wrong in your heart. It comes natural. Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. He said, you have no need that I write unto you a concerning brotherly love for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Paul said it just comes natural. But we've come to the day where the purpose of the church is The purpose of anything else. We treat the church like it's anything else. It's just a place where we come and we gather. And there's a ditch on either side here. I want you to hear me and I'll be done. There's one crowd and we can be real hard on them that that think the church is just a place for entertainment and like a club or an organization where we... Come in, and we send our kids out here and let them play and have fun and and uh, we go over here, and this group goes over there, and there 's no unity and there's no God, and, and there's no power and there 's no spirit, at least not the right spirit, and we can throw off on them all day long, but then there's a ditch on this side where church is just a routine. And it's just something we check off on Sunday morning. And it's just a drudgery and a dread. And I mean, we're like robots coming into the service. And we we got our formal checklist and we come in and we sing two or three songs and we check that off and the Sunday school teacher gets up and we check that off and we sing a little more and we check that off. We might pray a time or two and we check that off and the preacher gets up and tries to preach and he hollers and he sweats and slobbers and we check that off and we go home giving ourselves a pat on the back because we feel like we've done God a service by coming to the house of God. That's not the purpose of the church. It's not the purpose of the church. And in reality, in reality, the purpose of the church is for the people of God to come together. And for our spirits to be united with Him. And for us to get our eyes on Him. And for us to worship Him. And because we, have, we don't come here to serve, we serve out there. And we come here to worship. And we come here to be exhorted. And we come here to be strengthened. And we come here to join together. And we come here to lead better. And we come here to see souls saved. And we come here to do His bidding. And we come here to get what you can't get anywhere else on earth. Should not just be a checklist. I know we all have bad days. I know there are days all of us have to bring ourselves to church. I know there are days some of us don't want to come. I understand that. It's living in the flesh. Oh, but I've had them days when I've come and it was just a drudgery, and then the Holy Ghost came by and helped my heart, and I went out better than a cup. You say, Why, wow, that's the purpose of the church. You can't get anywhere else what you can get here. And I understand that every once in a while, and I'm done, about done this morning. I understand every once in a while we need some time apart and we need a vacation. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think we need five or six or seven here, but we do need a vacation every now and then. But I'm going to tell you, you can't find anywhere else what you can find at church. You can go up and, all, up and down the east coast, the west coast, and everywhere in between. You can go the most northern place you can go, go the most southern place you can go. You're not going to find anywhere what you can find in the church. And I believe, and I'm making that statement I believe that if you know where God puts you and you're a part of a local church and part of a local body, I'm not so sure that you'll get anywhere else what you'll get in your place at your church. I'm not saying we can't go to other churches at times. I understand there are special services. I understand there are things going on. I understand at times we move our service to support another meeting and be with another local church, a sister church, and all that's great and wonderful. But I'm telling you, when service is going on at your local assembly where you have a place, if we get in our place, we'll not get anywhere else. What we'll get in our place at our church. I believe that's right. I believe we lost sight of that. I believe that many have... And they said uh, that they can get what they can get in the church. They can get it online. They can get it on... Th- I thank God for resources. When we can't be here, thank God for resources. When we're sick, thank God for resources. Uh, oh, when trouble comes, thank God uh, for resources to reach those who can't get here. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, you can't get anywhere else by any other medium, oh, by what you can get, being in person, in the house of God, in your place. Because that's the place God puts you in the body for you to function. And you can't function outside your place. Not as well as you can in your place. I'm afraid in these days, and I don't know if you've got anything out of it this morning, but I know it's what I am supposed to preach. I know in these days a lot of folks have changed their minds. They've allowed the gloom of the world and the circumstances and the situations of our day to change their mind about some things. They've allowed while they're working, while they're gathering, and we all have that responsibility. We we're not I know we didn't start the fire, but it's up to us to bring what we got to put on the fire. It's not our responsibility to stand back and let everybody else there's a work to be done. There's Effort to, be, effort to be put forth. And sometimes in our labor and sometimes in our work, working, the best we can do, we're going to get bit. And we're going to get offended. And we're going to get hurt. But don't let that change your mind. And there are days that things are not going to happen like we think they ought to or go in the time we think they ought to or in the line of events that we think they ought to. Don't let that change your mind. And I want you to thank this morning, and I am done. Nothing that I have preached this morning is trivial things. There are some things that we can agree to disagree on, there are some things we're not going to see eye to eye on. But what I've preached this morning is what is spelled out in black and white in this book right here. We can't change our minds about what the preacher is and what he's supposed to do, we can't change our mind about the purpose of the church. We can't change our mind about the power of God. We can't change our mind about the pathway to get... We can't change our mind about these things. No matter how doomy and gloomy it gets. No matter how much we get hurt. And we're going to get hurt. It's a reality. If you deal with people, you're going to get hurt. I was listening to a preacher last week, I think it was, and he said, when you have people when you deal with people when you minister to people you're going to get hurt and you're going to have trouble he said you say well if i could get rid of the people i could get rid of the trouble and the hurt if you get rid of the people you have no ministry and you have no help and so we just have to deal with the people you say well they didn't act like a christian well we don't always act like one either you say, well, they hurt me. Well, they may not even know I have been among people, uh, the, the other people that they said offended them or hurt them. They didn't even know what they had done or that they had been offended. Now, I've known a people going 20 years carrying a grudge over something the other party didn't even realize they had done. And it caused them to change their mind about some things. Now, I do understand and I'll say There are some times folks do things and the best thing we can do is just get away. I understand all of that. But what I'm saying is this. When you encounter circumstances, situations in your life, trouble comes, heartache comes, heaviness comes, don't let that change your mind about the things that really matter. (laughs) There are some things in this life that don't matter. There are some things that preachers stress and that churches stress all over the world, that they really don't even matter in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to tell you, there are some things that do matter. There are some things that do count at the end of the day. And Lord, help me. Lord, help us. Don't ever be one of them people that says, well, I'll never change my mind. You're just setting yourself up for disaster. Lord, help us not to change our mind about the things that really matter in these days. No matter what goes on. No matter how bad it gets. No matter how dark the clouds. Lord, help us not to change our mind. Father, I thank You, Lord, this morning for the time together. Thank You for each one that's come